Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Culture Eats Strategy. Uh, as you may or may not know, if you haven't listened to any of the other episodes, uh, the inspiration uh, was from the late, great Peter Drucker, uh, where he wrote Culture Eats Strategy for Breakfast. Uh, I really, really love that. Thanks to Christopher Lockhead for uh, t- tuning me in and helping me out with that. We talk a lot about culture. And culture, as I'm finding out more and more every day, is much bigger than just culture. There's so many offshoots of it. And, and we just have a good time with it. And for me, I, I love it. I love learning different ways of being able to run a company and as you see with my little slogan there, leading with kindness, I really, really, really embrace that because I think uh, far too many people are not kind enough in the business world today. And uh, it's amazing what being kind will do for you. And if you haven't heard any of my previous episodes, please go back and listen to them. And uh, if you like what you hear, go to iTunes, leave a rating and review. Be honest. If you don't like it, tell me. Let me know how I can improve. Um, Without any further ado, I want to introduce you to my guest today. His name is Gabe Arnold, and he and I go back uh, a little ways now, uh, maybe a year or two. It's it's hard to, it's definitely more than a year. A couple years, I think. A couple years, I think so. Yeah, and uh, Gabe is doing some amazing things, and um, you'll see in the show notes. I'll include everything there for you to review. Um, But I'm just going to have a nice little conversation with Gabe today, and and just catch up with him. And I wonder, Gabe, if you can kind of introduce yourself and just for anybody that doesn't know you, which is hard to believe, maybe you can uh, tell us a little bit about what you're up to now. Yeah, absolutely. So my, my real quick history is I started out as an entrepreneur at 16 years old, where I built and sold my first website for $3,000. And I said, Hey, this tech and marketing thing might stick. Um, I then had a, a, a longer season where I was in remodeling and construction, um, built a multi-million dollar remodeling company. I ended up losing that in the housing market crash, but I realized what I liked out of it is what I had done to build it, which was the online lead generation and marketing and all that. Um, and so I pivoted into just going even deeper and heavier into technology and marketing. And um, so that was majority of my 20s were chaotic from the losing a huge company um, to shifting into this more. And then uh, in my late 20s, when I was 29, um, when I found out when my uh, that my first son was going to be born, um, my first and only son, um, that was just a game-changing moment for me. And you talk about kindness. And I mean, to be honest, unfortunately, I don't think I was that kind in my teens and 20s. Um, not, in, not in the grand scheme of things and not to everybody like we should be. Um, <laughs> so when my son showed up, I was I was like, I, I think I should get my act together and make the world a better place. <clears throat> and and from there, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, 
we will pause the, the program just for a minute while we get over the cup. And he's back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I got out of the middle. No worries. Um, no worries. <laughs> so then um, when my son was born, that was just a time that I really went to the next level of like introspection and like reflecting on how far what I'd done so far in my life. And honestly, it wasn't anything. None of what I had done mattered because it wasn't heart centered first. It wasn't around kindness. And I set out to learn more about myself. Um, and I really set out to create a world where I want my son to grow up and I want my grandkids to grow up. And that was the beginning of me understanding culture because unless you start to think outside yourself, then you're just going to, you know, flail around and cause problems at best, um, and hurt other people. Um, but when I, when I kind of settled into that, it made me take a different look at business and over now over the past, this is crazy. Um, now over the past seven going on eight years, I've really been heavily focused on it. And, my first company that really taught me or my first product, which is a part of my main company that really taught me about culture is copywriter today, which turns five years old in a couple months here. That's amazing. That's amazing to me that that has happened. And by the way, your kid has turned in quite the golfer, I guess. Yes. He can hit it better than me. So <laughs> yeah, so it's amazing. And uh, so yeah, that like when I first, um, when I first created copywriter today, it was, because of um, listening to Dan Norris um, talk about WP Curve. And I was like, oh, there's a way to automate things and build processes, which I knew, but like it, it just hit me in a different way. And as I built that, that product, which is about 50% of my company now, ended up being a million dollar product. Um, as I build it, I went through two very distinct phases, which is really interesting. And we're coming up to like three, it's very, I have two very equal phases now, basically. The first two and a half years, I had somebody that was very organizationally talented, helping me run it and manage it, which you obviously need organized people. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. But from a cultural standpoint, they just didn't care about people. It was just all pushing product and process, and there was no people in there. And then as I started to shift and grow and realize that I really wanted to have a team of people around me that I cared about and that cared about me and we truly cared about our customers, um, that was my first experience in culture because that person who was my general manager at that time just self-ejected one, one night in the middle of the night, sent me an email and said, I'm done as of right now and just quit. Um, <laughs> and I was like, that blew me away. I was like, oh my God, this is like I had to scramble and shift. Um, and I ended up realizing one that I probably gave the title too quickly to general manager. So I, for a, a period of about a year and a half or two years, just had uh, department leads mm -hmm. for my business. Um, because I thought that e there was some ego in there that affected the big picture. Mm -hmm. Um, and I shifted to somebody who became lead copywriter today manager, who now is my, um, general manager. Phenomenal. Um, somebody who really gets our culture and cares about people. And so it was a really cool, uh, it was just an interesting experience to go through. <laughs> so so that, look at, looking back on that, that is an interesting. Um, <clears throat> I think it happens to everybody. You get mm -hmm. excited about something when you're early on, you know, and you don't really know too much about and understand how powerful culture can be. Um, yeah. That snap judgments are made or, 
um, you know, immediacy comes into a play, you know, and, and, and immediate gratification and things like that. And, oh man, this is the best thing that's ever happened. This guy's been amazing. This girl's amazing. They need to go right to the top. Yeah. So what are some of the signs that you look back on um, when, with, with this particular individual um, mm-hmm. that, that, that you can now see when you're talking to someone else that you might want to be bringing on board? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So the ejection or the quitting or the whole like self-ejecting out of culture, which is the coolest thing in the world, by the way, yeah. if you create a really great culture, then people self-eject. You don't even have to fire them. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, as I look back on it, the the key indicators that now I recognize immediately is um, that individual was not teachable. They were just incredibly arrogant. They were always right. And when it came to holding themselves to the same standard that they held everybody else to, it just didn't exist. Mm. Um, and they actually quit because I asked them to live up to the same standards that they held everybody else to. And they quit over that. Wow. Um, literally just like being on time and doing what you said you were going to do. Um, yeah. so, simple stuff to me. So now I intend. Well, what was it? What was it that you saw about him in the beginning that made you say that it kind of attracted you to, you know, having him be a part of the team? Initially, um, they were just like really on on point and like organized, and she always like got things done. And like she was, she came in as my assistant, my personal assistant, and did very well at that. And then I just I elevated her way too fast in some senses, but also I just ended up uncovering some deeper seated issues is the way I view it now Mm. where they just really were not good at admitting when they made mistakes or when they were wrong. And that's to me, a foundational part of a good culture is having an entire team, but especially your leadership, be able to say, man, I made a mistake. I screwed that up and I'm, and I'm going to fix it. And I apologize. Like if you can't be humble, then you can't be a leader to me. Mm. uh, so that was where I was like, they totally had it organizationally and could do the work, but then they were, they were the last word and they were always right. And that's not the way to operate. I don't think. <laughs> no, my, every year I pick a word mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know if I told you, I think I told you my word this year was listen. And I usually assign an, an acronym and acronym to each of those last year it was focused finding opportunities by creating uninterrupted strategy sessions and this 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 year it's listen listen intently and soulfully to um engage uh noticeably man you're good at those dude so so (laughs) the so that so i can i i what what you just said really resonates with me (laughs) (laughs) I think listening is a big deal. And so for someone that doesn't have, um, I think there's power in, in, in obviously knowledge by listening. I mean, two ears, one mouth, right? It's, right. it's, I just think there's such a huge thing. And the really good leaders listen, they're, they're, they're quiet. They, they, you know, they, I, I know that, well, at least I understand if I shout, it's because I don't think someone's hearing me and I want to get my point across. Yeah. And the really good leaders, um, you don't hear them shouting too much, right? No. They listen and they say, okay, well, have you thought about this? <laughs> Great leaders lead with questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that, so that was like, I didn't realize it in the moment, but I very quickly realized afterward that that was my first um, intentional culture result. 
because I had intentionally started shifting culture, uh, you know, about how we train and how we support our team. And I mean, I, I have the, the best team in the world, period, end of story. And it's like, I want to take care of them in the way that they know that I care about them. And we're always going to do ongoing training. We're always going to do what's right for the business because that takes care of the team. Um, and I just teach and preach on that stuff all the time. And now um, the gal that is my general manager, Kim, she's phenomenal. Like she gets it. She's a servant leader. Um, she's constantly growing. She's good at listening. And it's like all of those things create the culture because from the top down, we, we by actions, not by words, generally speaking, by mm-hmm. actions, we demonstrate how people are supposed to behave in the room that we've created. And our business is the room that we control, right? Like yeah. We invite people in. It's like, this is how we behave here. You can behave however you want outside. That's not what this is about. But in our room, this is how we behave. And uh, that's like that's, a, like a basketball court. You have the boundaries. Yeah. You play the game inside the boundaries. Outside, heck, it's chaos. It's crowd going crazy. But inside the boundaries, there's a game going on. Exactly. And then you know, like um, you know what's acceptable, what's not. And if you cross the line, you're going to get feedback on that one way or the other. Not every time. Like it's not always caught. But somebody's going to give you feedback. And then people know how to behave and what to expect. And things that are really crucial in our culture is that you're humble and you're teachable, um, that you're responsive. Because when you're not responsive, you're holding somebody else up and it's it's disrespectful or passive aggressive if it continues. I mean, we all have times where we drop the ball like that. I drop the ball a lot. It happens. But when you're intentionally unresponsive, then you're you're really being disrespectful and um and so there's things that we talk about all the time. And one thing that we're working on this year to take our culture to the next level is to create a mentorship program so that when a new team member comes on, they've got a buddy side by side with them that can just on top of the training and support we give, which I think is growing and is good overall. Um, then they have somebody like peer or um, somebody a little bit farther down the road that can say, Hey, you know, how are you doing with this? This is how we operate here. And we can really just indoctrinate them at the next level so that they can maximize their positive experience with us. Flipping love that. (laughs) That's going to be another thing I'm going to borrow from you. I borrow a lot from you. (laughs) You Take it, man. You've given me a lot of amazing things. So you can take whatever you want. (laughs) That's awesome. So you, you spoke of uh, humble. Um, mm-hmm. and, and being humble and, and humility. And, and I was talking earlier with Dan Rockwell on, on this show, and he says, you know, one of the coolest things that I, that I found, uh, I don't remember, I'm paraphrasing here, I don't remember exactly what he mm-hmm. said, but he was talking about humility. And, you know, when you get, you get upset, maybe someone cuts you off on the road or, or you're, you know, you're standing in line and you, get, and you think, man, what a jerk. I don't know if you've ever said that. I have. <laughs> Couple times. <laughs> what, a, what a piece of. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but he says, look back at yourself first. <clears throat> Make sure you weren't the person that caused that. Take yeah. a step back. And I thought that was really powerful. Like, mm. oh, wow. Yeah. Many yeah. a time where I, you know, pointed the finger, because when you point the finger, there's more fingers pointing back at you. Right. So yeah. I really I thought about that and I thought, man, that's powerful. And it gives you a chance to kind of pause before any responses, you know, comes to mind. And sometimes we're really quick to respond. It's just hard to do sometimes in a heated moment. But yeah, I, I just thought that was pretty interesting. 
Yeah, my, my girlfriend, Rachel, who's my partner in all things life and business, um, says said this to me a long time ago, and I'll never forget it. She says, um, confidence is quiet and insecurity is loud. Oh, mic drop. Because <laughs> I mean, that's how we that's how we want to react, right? We want to be like, you did this wrong to me, or like, I'm right, or like, listen yeah. to me. <laughs> and the leader who is very intentional about it, his call, his or her culture will sit back and observe and wait and at the right time ask the right questions because it, it's very short-sighted and immature which i've been those things so i can say that uh, <laughs> it, it, it's very short-sighted and immature to think oh well this just happened and i need to step in and say something yeah. that's that's unless somebody's actually gonna get physically hurt you probably don't need to do anything like you yeah. can just observe and then you can come at the right time and be like, you know, are you open for some feedback, Jamie? That's what I asked. That's what I asked my team. I'm like, are you in a good place to receive some feedback? Are you open to receiving some feedback? And they have the right to say no. And if they say no, I'll come back and ask another time. It's not, you know, it's not a requirement to always be open to feedback because there are times where we've had a long day and I don't need somebody else to tell me something else. That yeah, I could or who knows what else is going on, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, maybe the cat say, just passed away or something. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, um, but I would say majority of the time, by me even thinking about asking that question, I'm being, I'm, I have to be sensitive to even think, ask myself, do I think Jamie's ready for some feedback? So I'm not going to ask when like you just told me that, you know, your favorite hockey team lost or something and you're mad. Um, but <laughs> or something more serious. But um, I'm not going to ask if I really know you and have a relationship with you. I'm not going to ask that when you're sick and you're trying to just get through your day. So I'll ask with intentionality. And then most of the time, because I'm asking with kindness in my heart and trying to serve you, then it is a good time for people to say, yeah, what, you know, what do you want to share? And then they've invited me to give them feedback. And it's mm-hmm. a very service-based, loving conversation. And it's really productive. And the cool thing about taking that approach is that everybody on my team knows that I'm going to praise you when you do right way more than I even ever bring up things that I want you to improve. But I'm also going to give you feedback and say, you know, I looked at this and we should improve it this way. Or, you know, you did great on steps one through eight, but steps nine and 10, apparently you don't see them because they didn't happen. And, uh, you know, and then I'll, I will say in that moment, you know, I probably didn't teach you the right way. So it's my responsibility to step in and help you. So this is on me, but I want to show you the right way to do this. And that's the approach that I think as leaders really creates, you know, a culture that works. I think it's fantastic. In in listening to what you said, you know, are you okay to accept some, you know, feedback or or whatever? What I heard about what I what I what I heard is what I didn't hear. You didn't say I. And I think a lot of people in that same position, in the same position, might say, "This is what I need you to do." Yeah. Right? As soon as you do that, that conversation is already headed south. Right. You're <laughs> just dictating, and the, and they, by natural instinct, will have to put up walls to protect themselves. Because the other thing that it just makes me sad, but it's the reality is, almost every team member I hire, I have to put through what we call like business marketing engine rehab oh boy <laughs> and that's i just made up that name for it because i just said oh, there rehab. you go <laughs> but, but basically i have to let people know when they come on and i'm 
this year, one of the things, one of the reasons we're doing the mentorship is because I can say it till I'm blue in the face, but people won't trust it until they see it happen. But I always tell people, um, if I'm upset with you or you, or you need some feedback, I'll let you know. I'm never, I'm never going to passive aggressively like act out or be upset with you. So never assume that I'm upset with you. If I'm upset, you'll know. I'm very clear about that. And I talk to you just like this. The like, hey, K Jamie, I'm really mad that you showed up late for this. Um, and so I want to talk to you about it. it. It impacted me or it impacted the team. So I tell them like, when I'm upset, I'll communicate just like that to you. I'm not going to scream at you. And you can always just assume that I think the best of you. And like, those are the main two things that I, like I, as many times as I say them, it always takes a team member like three to four months because unfortunately their last, wherever they were working last or the last gig, they didn't get paid on time or they got yelled at or was passive aggressive or was low communication or like just all this litany of problems. Mm -hmm. And so we basically have to rehab everybody comes in because apparently that's normal and that's sad. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's a, it's a tough go. And I think it's all about, you know, you know what the other thing that I think is really nice uh, when you find that you're in a decent spot, even through the dark, challenging times of businesses. You said you've lost a business in the past, so have I. Yeah. At the very same time, I was yeah. in the real estate advertising business. That's the worst yeah. business you could possibly be in. No so, kidding. But but the challenge was I didn't have anybody. I didn't have a good culture, um, mm. and it was it was not it was not pretty. I mean, it was ugly. Uh, we had very upset, you know, staff members and and stuff yeah. like that. So we've experienced challenging times here, you know, when you grow or when you add new things, um, there's heavy costs associated with growth. And I'm so proud that we've had such a un incredible culture because everybody kind of rallied around. They, they circled the wagons. What yeah. can we do to help? Like it, it I've never not uh, hidden anything i guess or hid anything i've mm. always been um very transparent and very open for to my staff first right my clients right and it's been amazing seeing what they do like i said to circle those wagons how can we help everybody stepped up their games the harder it got the uh, when we were in financial crunch we were we were it was we were hurting mm. and they just stepped up more and more and more and to me, that is the epitome of having, I mean, every single person stepped up. I could understand a couple falling out. That's understandable. No one fell out. It was amazing. Yeah. What a feeling. Yeah. It, and, that, and yeah, like I've experienced that now over the last few years. Like, I mean, I literally have the best team in the world. Like they were. Yeah, I might challenge you there. <laughs> I know. You think you do, but I know I do. But, um, but I mean, it's like. They, what they're willing to do and they go above and beyond for their team mm -hmm. first, which is where it should be. And then of course our clients, because that's, you know, how we operate. And, and they also know, which I think this is something that, that sh should just be, a, and of course, yeah, that's the way it is, but it needs to be said and it needs to be done. Like they know that no client ever has the right to mistreat them. Mm. And, and I've only had that happen of, you know, a handful of times, fortunately, but you mistreat my staff and you're fired as a client instantaneously. Bye. Yeah. Like that's never. <laughs> uh, well, I got uh, their back. Same yeah. Thing. It's like, you know, like I, don't, uh, I don't need any of that. You are my team. And it's like, and they know that they're first. And so if they don't like something or they want me to step in and help with a ch challenging client, that rarely ever happens because of how we do things now. But I mean, I, I will do that in a heartbeat. That's not, you know, that's what I'm here for. And so, 
really serving your team like that will get you what what everybody needs. Like in the mm-hmm. end, that's the way to really build things the right way. Um, and it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I was unaware of all this in my 20s, so I, I can understand how people are unaware of it <clears throat> for a short period. But it's like in today's modern world and with social media, and the out, we can see the outcomes of bad leadership. So it's definitely a good time to start paying attention to leading the right way and creating a culture that works and that really serves the entire team and, of course, your clients and then impacts the world. Like, that's the point, right? Yeah. Create a platform that everybody's voice can be heard. Yeah. Not, you know, and it, it may be an idea that we implement. It may be an idea that we challenge and, and maybe not implement. But I, but I don't want anybody feeling bad that... Right. Um, you know, or you know, if I say something, I might get embarrassed. No, like speak right. up, speak up and let's do this. And I think that's, it's really powerful. And what you said earlier about how, when you bring somebody on, you kind of let them know, Hey, I, you know, if I'm mad, I'm going to talk to you just like this, if I'm not. but you're setting expectations early. And I think a lot of people glaze over that. And yeah. I don't think they, under, because here's the thing, if you're going to launch a new product, say, and you know, a week before saying, Oh, by the way, everybody get ready to shift. We're going to do this next week. All of a sudden, everybody's going to go out in freak out mode. Whereas yep. kind of gradually, like, it's like you have a wall here and you, you, you know, you're, you crash into this wall. Whereas if you let people know about it and set the expectations earlier in order to get over that mountain or whatever, it is a more of a gradual curve. The longer you have gets people time to get used to it, get into it. And by setting those expectations, like you do so well, your staff loves you for that. Yeah. They always know where they stand. And like the one thing that, um, that I don't think that I had growing up and I never experienced in the, in the two times I had an actual job. Um, (laughs) nobody ever told, I never knew where I stood and I never, I was never secure in my job because I just knew at any time that person could have an off day, whoever my, my superior was, and that could be it. And that's no way to treat people. And Mm. and you're never going to get the best out of people, you know, and you're never going to deliver the best to your clients when they're worried about if they're going to have a job tomorrow. And it's like, so uh, yeah, I love what you said earlier too. Everything's got to be transparent. It's got to be out on the table. You got to set expectations. And when you do that, when you set expectations, which is step one of bringing somebody on board, but then when you live up to those expectations (laughs) and then you keep talking about those expectations, then people really can get it and and we have no excuse in today's world like it doesn't matter where your team works with you or without you it doesn't matter if they work a different shift or you can't even if you're in the same office and you don't have time to talk to them every day you can take 30 seconds and make a video and send it to your whole team <laughs> it's like we have no excuse not to use our voice and really speak from our heart and you know serve the people that need that need us and that's as leaders that's our job it's to take care of you know our team I love it. I love the fact that you got this. You're still relatively young. You caught on early. It's, it's, it's more of us older dogs here. Uh, I don't know your age, but I can kind of guess where you're at. And I think I have you by about a decade, maybe a decade and a half. I'm 36. Um, Wow. 36. Yeah. Yeah. It's freaking amazing. So (laughs) I was still completely lost at 36, by the way, I am a very slow learner. It took a long time to get there. And as, as soon as I started smartening up and, and, and really, really um, paying attention, it, mm-hmm. it was until I could let go before I started really growing. Yeah. And, uh, I had such a control issue. I was very selfish and, and, and it was, it was just not, 
I was just not in a good place coming from 12 years in the corporate environment. Uh, you know, it kind of, I think it was just ugh, these past experiences and oh man, you know, like, uh, I forget what's that movie. It was, uh, oh my gosh, there was a movie where it was two cops. I think it was Will Ferrell and, uh, um, Mark Wahlberg. Mm -hmm. I, don't know, I don't know if you saw that movie. Gosh, I'll have to go back and think of that movie. But he's like, I'm a peacock, man. Just let me fly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I started laughing. I thought it was freaking hilarious. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like that, man. We just finally yeah. just kind of kind of wanted to to open up. And I think that had a lot to do with where we're at. And I, in, a, in, in a way, I see you doing that same thing. And you're so far advanced, I think. And even for, you know, if, if, I mean, you're set, you're, you're in there, you're, you're still young, but you're so far ahead of the curve there with your mindset, in my opinion. And I just commend you for it, man, because it's freaking amazing to see. Thank you. I, that means a lot, man. I appreciate that. And it's, uh, I mean, I'm like everybody else. I did it wrong for a while. And you talk, you talk about controlling. I was super controlling in my twenties and that's when my team stole from me left and right. They didn't, you know, they didn't care when the business went down, they went and got another job. It was a toxic, you know, experience, yeah. you know, just like you went through it. And it's like, and now, you know, I, I work hard to be open and serve my team and start from heart first. And it's not about control. It's about what's best for everybody. And it's like now, nothing like that ever happens. It's like yeah. and if anybody does act out, they get kicked out of the group so fast without me even being involved. Cause my other team members are like, they can't be here anymore. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, that's brilliant. man. And it's just oh, self-correcting, which is super cool. So yeah, it's uh, I've, I mean, I've, I've failed thousands of times. So eventually things catch on with me too. I'm, I'm, it takes me a little bit to figure it out. And once yeah. I do, it's pretty, it's pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you, man. Well, so how do people get in touch with you? How do they how do they learn more about what it is that you're doing, and uh, how do they find more about Gabe Arnold and, and and what your services are? Yeah, I mean, easy place to find us is um, businessmarketingengine.com. That's kind of our parent brand for all the different things that we do. We house everything there, and then the product that really taught me about culture and that we really kind of figured out processes at the level that we have now is copywritertoday.net. Um, those are our main two things. I mean, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur, so I'm always playing around. But those are the core ones that are easiest to find us at right now. So, and you can find me on Facebook anytime or LinkedIn. I, I hang out on there a lot. So that's fantastic. You do a ton of Facebook lives too. I do. <laughs> I love it. Well, is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? I think the only other thing that comes to mind that I've has come up in a lot of conversations that I think would be useful to everybody listening is that. I would encourage everybody to start doing more video and I, that may sound like tactical, but it's, it's not, it's principle based. I would encourage you to start doing video consistently, like maybe on a weekly basis, even if it's just something you send to your team, maybe you do a Facebook live, maybe you just record something and throw it up on LinkedIn, YouTube, whatever it is. The benefit of doing that is the more that you start to talk out your process and your thoughts, the more that you will, it's like self-education. And you can, you can work through things like, why do I believe this? And you can literally just have that conversation and people will get value out of it and you'll get even more value out of it. Um, there's a story in that really like helped me understand why this works. Um, in Tim Ferriss's book, Tool of Titans, early in the book, there's a story about a, a, a now YouTube star 
who realized one day that he was clinically depressed and he decided to make a video a day to talk about it. And at the end of a year, he went back to the doctor and there was no depression yet left. And he felt like that, you know, too, he was just completely changed. And it, be, it was because he had taken the time to talk through his life and his problems and his beliefs. And I think it's just a really powerful tool that we have in front of us that can help us create culture that can change our own internal culture and can help us communicate at a different level. So if you're not doing video, you're really doing yourself a disservice. And that's just something I would encourage everybody to do more of. I really like that perspective and not just say do more video, but I like the explanation because yeah. I think the other thing it does, guess it, it aligns you with, with your ideal client. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, they're going to, they're going to align with your beliefs. They're going to align with your core values, with everything that you like, what a, what a better way to work with someone when everybody's like, Oh yeah. Finishing each other's sentences. Then, you know, you're in a good spot. (laughs) Totally. I mean, the benefit, the business benefits are off the charts, but I wouldn't, I mean, so of course do it for that, but I would encourage you to start with it, work on you. Then it will that the results of working on ourselves is always more than anything else. So it's just been a phenomenal journey. I, I'm kind of starting to do a little index of all the videos I've done. I mean, I've done thousands at this point, um, but it's but it's just been the greatest thing I've ever embarked on. And, and I was scared to death the first few I did, of course, the first fifty probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I enjoy it. I get a, I get a lot of value out of them every time I watch them. So thank you for sharing your wisdom. Yeah. Thank you. I enjoy it now. <laughs> I cannot recommend or encourage you and anyone enough to go check you out and see what you're doing because it really is fascinating stuff. Yeah. Um, awesome. But yeah, I, I want to go ahead and wrap up. So th- thanks so much, Gabe, for joining uh, Culture East Strategy today. I, I, I really appreciate the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, man. Anytime you want to have me on, I, I love hanging out with you. So thank you. Oh man, heck yeah. I'll definitely take you. <laughs> well, hold on one second. I'll go ahead and wrap up. Uh, again, uh, you've been listening to Culture Eats Strategy, leading with kindness uh, with me, Jamie J, and our esteemed guest today, Gabe Arnold. Um, go check him out. I will put all the links down there so that you can seriously uh, learn more about him. I cannot recommend um, it, at least reaching out to him and saying hello, meaning him. He's, if you don't know him already, he's a great, great person. Uh, one of the biggest hearts, I think, uh, of any of my friends that I, that I, uh, talk with often. So I can't recommend him enough. So by all means, go check it out. Anything that Gabe Arnold is doing, um, at businessmarketingengine.com. And what is the other one? Copywritertoday.net copywritertoday.net. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Remember, go to iTunes, leave a rating or review. uh, Let me know what you think. Uh, Read all the show notes here. uh, Leave a comment. Do whatever you want. Share away. I'd love to hear your feedback on this uh, and see what you think about uh, this new show that we've recently launched here, Culture Eat Strategy. You can find out more at culture.bottleneck.online. My name is Jamie J. Thanks so much. And uh, we're out here for today. So we'll talk to you again soon.